Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And it's time to start your spring home improvement projects. We're here to help you take that all-important first step by answering your questions about your home improvement projects, your repair projects, that to-do that you've been putting off for the long, cold, chilly winter that has officially passed, and get you started uh, to make sure that project gets done on time and on budget. Give us a call. That's the first way to help yourself. The number is 888-MONEY-PIT. And now that spring has sprung and most of the snow has thankfully melted, you might be noticing that we had some very wet and mushy, muddy ground underfoot. And that caused us to ask the question, what's that going to do to all of our lawn and garden needs? We're going to have tips to help you care for your trees this spring, especially after all that salt was put down that could be having a very negative effect on whatever we're trying to grow this spring. That's right. And also ahead, are you having trouble sleeping? We're going to help you find out what changes you can make in your bedroom to get a better night's sleep. Plus, shopping for replacement windows can be overwhelming. Low E, U value. What do all those letters mean? We're going to clear it up for you just in time for a spring window replacement project. And one caller we talked to this hour is going to win a prize package from Dickies, including a soft shell light jacket with hood and the new Dickies Ultimate Work Shirt. It's a prize pack worth 104 bucks. Call us right now at one eight 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 Money Pit for the answer to your home improvement question and your chance to win. Leslie, who's first? All right, Colleen in Texas, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Yes, I was wondering about a product called Restore. It's called Liquid Armor Resurfacer, and I have a dock that I wanted to put it on. All right, I'm familiar with those Restore products. I've not used them, but I know what they're supposed to do. One thing I would tell you is I don't know about the brand you mentioned. I would make sure it's a brand that's been around for a long time. Because we've seen some of those thick paint products do more damage than good. I know, for example, that Rustoleum, which is a good brand, makes a product called Restore. It works on concrete and decks, as well as vertical siding. So I might start by taking a look at the Rustoleum product. Just make sure you stick 
with a name brand that's been around a long time so that you know that you've got a really good product that you're putting on the deck. And I would also make sure that you tested it in an area, maybe on a couple of deck boards to make sure you're completely happy with it before going all in on the entire deck or dock. And is it harder to use this type of product versus just a regular paint? Yeah, it's going to be more difficult because it's about 10 times thicker than paint. So the application is, you know, got to be done right. Uh, you're going to use similar tools, but it's just going to, it's going to be slow. Okay, well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we've got Dean in Pennsylvania on the line who's got an insulation question. What can we do for you today? I have a, an older home. It has a brick exterior and then the stud walls on the inside. And between there is the airspace. And that airspace dumps down in the basement. And in the wintertime, I'm feeling the cold air sinking. And, and I want to try and get my kids to, to use the basement a little bit more, but it's a little on the chilly side. Uh, and I don't know if I'm if that's like a vent of some sort. If I'm allowed to insulate that, or will I cause problems if I if I close it off or what? You can actually see where this gap opens up to the basement. Yep. Mm-hmm. I there's no reason that you can't insulate that. That would be along what we call the box beam or the box insulation, and that's actually a standard place to add insulation. The other thing that you could consider doing is you could use an expandable foam in that area to kind of seal the gap if it's not too wide or simply add some fiberglass bat insulation there. I think that's the easiest thing to do. That will stop some of that draft from getting through to the basement and make uh, being down there a lot more comfortable. Yeah, right. I didn't know if if that was, you know, how you have um, uh, insulated windows now, two panes of of glass with the airspace in between. I didn't know if it was something like that. No, there's not quite that much thought put into it. It's just kind of the way those old homes were built. Uh, So you can certainly insulate that space. Awesome. I'll do. All right. Well, we're glad we could help. 888-666-3974. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, has insomnia taken over your life? It could have more to do with your bedroom than you think. A few changes might help you catch more Z's. We'll tell you what you need to know next. You live in a Money Pit. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Standing by to take your questions at 888-MONEY-PIT. One caller who calls us this hour is going to win a very cool prize pack from Dickies. It includes a soft shell light jacket with a three-piece hood and an adjustable bungee cord. And along with that, the brand new Dickies Ultimate Work Shirt. It's got wicking technology, a mesh-lined back for breathability, and UPF, that's ultraviolet protection factor of 50 sun protection. It's a prize pack worth $104 going out to one caller drawn at random from those that reach us for today's show. So get to it. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Now we've got Bonnie in California. Welcome to the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Uh, We have a condo that we've been rented for 12 years. And when our renters moved out, we were going to sell it. And uh, we saw stains on the carpet, and we thought, well, we'll pull up the carpet, replace it, and just paint and clean up and put it up for sale. Uh, 
Well, when we pulled the carpet back, the cement slab, it's a cement slab, single-level condo, um, 1,600, almost 1,700 square feet with a cement slab floor. And when we pulled back the carpet, we found that it was very damp, and uh, there was that white, fuzzy kind of effervescence or whatever they call it that comes Mm -hmm. up from the cement. Uh, Lots of that. Uh, We tore up all the flooring and thought, well, we'll go ahead and hire a contractor and have have it all fixed and put new stuff down, and it didn't dry out. It just was damp. But in any case, uh, this problem is not getting solved. We, have, we don't know where to go from here. Um, we want to figure out if there's some way to seal that floor that is going to keep it from, you know, ruining the carpet and wood again and, uh, and, and get it for sale but fix it. So that it's so that we can say it's fixed. All right. Well, here's here's what I think is going on based on your description. If you've got that much of a water source that close to the concrete slab, concrete is very hydroscopic. I mean, it will really absorb water like crazy. And so, if the ground outside is saturated, that is clearly drawing through the concrete into the out into the interior, and that's why the the floor has been so wet. My concern is that this could develop, if it hasn't already, into a mold problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bad news for the condominium association is that if they're responsible for the, the structure of this building, which would include the floor. This is their problem to fix, not your problem to fix. And if I was advising them, I would tell them to stop calling contractors to check leaking ponds and start calling professional engineers that can analyze the building and figure out exactly what's going on and prescribe the proper fix. They've got to think big here and not think small because I think they have a lot of liability because it's probably not you. You just happen to be the one that found it. But if your neighbors start pulling up carpet, they're going to probably find the same thing. All that you can do on the inside is really stopgap. I mean, you can clean up the efflorescence. You can uh, you know, put a masonry sealer on the floor. But the problem is that that concrete is going to continue to get wet, continue to get damp. And eventually it's going to pull back into the unit. So I think that you need to have a very serious sit down with that condominium association. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Good luck, Bonnie. Thank you very much. Thank you for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Mark in West Virginia is on the line with a roofing question. How can we help you today? I was just wondering if I could put a, a metal roof over top a, a shingle roof without removing the shingled roof. Well, you can, but why do you want to do that, Mark? It's kind of sloppy. I, I just, I've never worked with metal. I didn't know if, you know, if you could do it that way. Because you can shingle over, I know, you know, asphalt shingles, you could put another a layer over top of it. Just getting rid of them, the, the hassle of getting rid of them at a landfill. Technically, you can, but I, I just think it's going to be a neater, cleaner, more professional job if you take off the asphalt shingles, and they're not that hard to remove. Yeah, and, and you know, you don't know how many layers are underneath your existing roof. Plus, I mean, I don't know really, but I'm imagining that a metal roof is going to, have some weight to it and you know why put that extra stress on the structure and it's a lifetime roof you know you're looking at 50 years on a metal roof so how about cutting it any special tools you have any ideas yeah i mean it's all done with shears and you can you know you can use hand shears and you can use power shears but you know when you work with that stuff all the time you have the tools that you need to do that but uh, that's what you're going to cut it with hey well thanks thank you for the info and I, i appreciate it you're very welcome good luck with that project thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit 
Well, we've all dealt with a bout of insomnia from time to time, and it can be a symptom of physical issues or stress. But your bedroom can also contribute to your lack of sleep. So here are some things to know. If you think the TV might lull you to sleep, it could be just a thing that keeps you awake. It turns out that the light that comes from the screen sends an alert signal to your brain. And even if your eyes are closed, it can have a detrimental effect. So turn off the TV or better yet, just keep yours out of the bedroom. Now, if you suffer from allergies, you may be tempted to spend money on hypoallergenic pillows. Keep in mind, though, that hypoallergenic just means it's made of something you can't be allergic to. Instead, get dust mite proof covers for your pillows, and that will prevent allergens from building up. And lastly, remember to sleep cool. You'll save some money on the energy bill, and 66 degrees is what most doctors recommend for a good night's sleep. Amy and I was on the line with a question about a dirt basement. Tell us what's going on. Hi. Um, I recently had purchased an old farmhouse, and in the basement it has a, a dirt floor. And I was wondering if I should lay concrete on it or if I could lay that thick plastic and put gravel on top to help with the radon and try to keep some of the heat in there. Do you know that you have a radon problem? Well, I don't. Um, they talk about it in Iowa being an issue. And with it being a dirt floor, I didn't know if that was something I should have tested first or go ahead and just lay the plastic in the rock and be... I, I would definitely test because you don't know what you're dealing with. You may have to put stone down and then put a concrete floor and then do a ventilation system where you draw the gas up off from underneath the concrete. So the first thing you have to do is test. So do it yourself or hire somebody and do it right. You know, the testing has to be done under closed building conditions with all the windows and doors closed, except for a normal exit and entry. And find out what you're dealing with. And then, uh, then you know, you can take the appropriate steps after that. But uh, don't just put it down, you know, thinking that if you have a radon problem, it's going to solve it. Because, frankly, it may not. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for your help. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 888- Money pit. George and I was on the line with a decking question. What can we do for you today? The wife and I have done the ceiling with the deck twice. And both times, uh, the first time it lasted a year and it peeled up. And we sealed it again last year. And it peeled up again this, this time after the winter snow had melted. So we're not sure if you have any tips or some advice for us to help us out there. Well, you might want to think about doing a deck do-over where you just pull off the decking material and add a composite deck, keep the structure. You won't have to do this again. Some of the decking sealants, if you don't strip down to the original lumber, they never absorb properly and they'll they'll beat up and and they'll peel off. So your your options are to do that, strip off everything that you have there, and you literally got to strip it off down to the wood and sand it. And then you can use a primer and a solid color stain, and that will give you the maximum chance of adhering. The other thing you might want to think about doing, as I mentioned earlier, is doing sort of a deck makeover where you pull up the deck boards and then you replace just the deck surface boards with a composite like Veranda, for example, which is available at the Home Depot. And this way, you'll never have to worry about staining again. You can even keep your existing railing, or you could you know, go further and change out the railing as well. But it doesn't affect the structure of the deck because the material is still sitting on top of the old original joist. Just that the deck surface has now been completely made over. It looks great, and you never have to worry about staining or sealing again because it's a lot of work, and you don't want to have to do it every year, that's for sure. Make sense? Nope, that 
makes sense. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. George, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Next up, we've got Pat and Georgia who need some help with a cleaning project. What's going on? I have granite countertops. And I am wondering if there is an advantage to using the store-bought cleaners versus a homemade cleaner. And what would that homemade cleaner be? So I guess you don't have a recipe for homemade cleaner. Is that what you're saying? No, I don't. If you happen to run across one that you like, tell us about it because I've not found one. But I will say that the commercial cleaners are usually very well developed and are designed to give you a longer-term protection than you could probably get out of anything that you could mix up on your own countertop. There's a website called stonecare.com that specializes in these types of products, and uh, our listeners have always had good success with them. So I would take a look at that website. But, you know, the the thing about granite tops is a lot of folks buy them and think, well, it's stone. I'm not going to have to do much work to the top. But the truth is, it's a lot of work, isn't it, Pat? It very certainly is. It really is. And if you don't stay on top of it, it gets pretty nasty looking. So you are going to have to invest in some regular cleaning. And I would just buy a good quality product from a good brand manufacturer and just accept it as reality, okay? Thank you so very much. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Jack in New York needs some help with the crawl space. What can we do for you? Well, I had a an area that is, was a crawl space, and uh, we dug it out, and uh, so it's we have about a seven foot ceiling now. And I put some gravel in it, and I wasn't going to do anything, but now I want to expand my shop, and I don't really have access to where I can, you know, uh, put concrete in it. Now I was wondering if you would have any uh, ideas. Well, first of all, Jack, uh, since you dug it out down to seven feet, how did you support the soil under the foundation wall? We left a we left a step. Uh, this this dirt that was in there was is so compact that uh, it was almost impossible to dig it out. So we weren't huh. too worried, but we did leave a step around the foundation. Okay. The footer. Right. Uh, there was about two and a half foot. Uh, we went about two and a half foot below the footer. That's what we what we call in our part of the country a Yankee basement, <laughs> where it's uh, it's dug out. It's not a joke. That's actually what they call it. They call it a Yankee basement, or well, sometimes a root cellar. Where basically you take the uh, interior perimeter of the foundation wall, move in about two and a half three feet, and then dig down there. So you leave this like sort of berm of soil to support the the foundation that's uh, that's under the foot support the foundation that's under the footing. So um, options for clean. For, for finishing that floor, why can't you get concrete into the floor? Because in, you know most times there would be a situation where they'd set up a chute that goes right through a window and pour some concrete into that floor. That's clearly the easiest way uh, and fastest way to create a floor in a basement. Yeah, I agree with you, but I, I really right to tying the the expense for the concrete and uh, having a you know doing the whole project would be pretty pretty pricey. How big is the floor area? Well, it's about uh, 25 by 15, and then with a 8 by 8 uh, jut to, on one end of it. So it's L-shaped, basically. Well, I, I don't have any quick ideas on how to create a, a hard surface flooring when you don't want to put concrete down there. You, you could frame something, but I mean, uh, it would be very temporary. I would really prefer that you put concrete. Now, you don't have to do, you know, you have to do, you don't, it doesn't have to be six inches thick. It could be, you know, four inches thick and, and poured in sections. But I really think you should just budget for and, and use concrete down there because anything else you do is going to be very substandard. It's not going to contribute to the value of your house. I hear you. 
Yeah, it sounds sounds like what I was afraid I was going to hear. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, you you got you got all the hard work done digging it out. You know, I would just budget for and save up for for some concrete. Uh, you know, get a mason to help you, or get somebody that's used to finishing concrete, and uh, get it all poured, and it'll be done. It'll be done in a day. Oh yeah, sure. It has to be done in a day because the concrete's going to cure. <laughs> all right, Jack. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Well, if a snowy winter has left your yard a soaking, sopping mess, you're probably thinking. This can't be good for my trees. Well, we're going to get some tips from a talented arborist after this. Pit is presented by Leviton, the brand most preferred by builders for wiring devices and lighting controls. With a focus on safety, Leviton products are the smart solution for all your electrical needs. Making good homes better? Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, we all know that it has been a horrible winter. And if you think this winter was rough on you, think about your trees. They got heavy snow and ice and wind and all that excess salt slapping around those tree bases. I mean, think about it. It can actually affect your tree's health. But there are ways that you can help to care for your trees now that will help them to thrive later this season. Here to tell us more about proper tree care this spring is R.J. Laverne, a board-certified arborist from Davy Tree. Welcome, R.J. Ah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I bet you guys have been busy, 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 busy with all of the rough weather that we had. Trees were down everywhere across the country, right? Well, that certainly is true. And uh, uh, whether we're taking care of trees uh, during the growing season or picking up the pieces as they fall apart during ice storms and uh, hurricanes, uh, it keeps us pretty busy year-round. So what we want to talk with you about specifically was the impact that this awful weather is going to have on trees this spring. Now, I know that there's a certain amount of spring pruning that should be going on right now. Um, do you have concerns about the salt, for example, and, and, and just the roughness of the weather um, having an effect on the trees one way or the other? Well, the the temperature extremes that we've seen uh, across at least the northern part of the United States, uh, are not as much of a, a concern um, simply because uh, trees have uh, evolved in their, uh, in their climate zones to uh, endure those, those frigid temperatures during the wintertime. So, RJ, even if there are drastic swings in temperature, like one day it's 70 and the next day it's 10, do those changes affect a tree more dramatically than, say, the normal swing of temperatures in a winter season? Well... The time of the year when that is uh, of uh, greatest concern uh, is in the springtime, and uh, that's because the uh, the sap in the in the trees and the shrubs uh, is starting to loosen up. It's starting to flow. The buds are starting to swell. If we get a a late frost uh, from this point forward, um, that will certainly damage the uh, the new tissue and the uh, and the buds that are about ready to break. Uh, on the other hand, if we have temperature swings in the middle of the winter when the uh, when the trees are dormant, uh, they're fairly used to that. That's something that we get on a on a fairly normal basis during uh, winter time. But uh, this window that uh, we're jumping into right now is is pretty critical. So, Audrey, when it is time to prune, really, what's the best technique? Where do you start? The best technique is to uh, first take a step back, 
look at your tree or uh, shrub and simply prune out the uh, the dead wood, the broken branches, uh, the branches that are crossing and rubbing. And then uh, you'll want to uh, conduct your pruning so that you're making the cuts just beyond uh, the buds that are on the twigs. In other words, you don't want to leave a, a stub of a twig or a branch uh, that sticks out well beyond uh, the last bud. So uh, there's lots of information on the website. There's lots of information on uh, the Davy website on properly pruning trees and the timing that uh, is best uh, by species. We're talking to R.J. Laverne. He's a board-certified arborist with tips on how to properly care for your trees after this long winter, which had an awful lot of salt in it, too. So, R.J., what impact do you think all that salt on the roadways is going to have on on our trees? Well, some species are more sensitive to uh, salt in the soil than others, but uh, it's easy enough to say that uh, the salt uh, can pull water from the roots of the trees uh, back out into the soil when actually the tree is trying to pull the, the water up through its roots. So an excess of soil can dry out the tree, and the sodium and the chloride molecules in the salt can also displace the nutrients that the tree needs. And that shows up in the leaves uh, as, as they appear very dry and brown. So the best thing that you can do for a, a plant that has experienced lots of salt uh, in the soil over the wintertime is make sure that you water that plant well uh, throughout the spring and uh, do your best to try to flush that uh, salt that is accumulated out of the soil and provide the plant with lots of water. Makes sense. R.J. Laverne, board-certified Nestor Arborist, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. If you'd like more information on tree care, head on over to Davey.com, D-A-V-E-Y.com. Thanks, R.J. My pleasure. Have a good spring. All right, still to come, the right replacement windows can make a big difference in your energy bills. We're going to share some tips to choosing ones that will make the biggest impact next. Starting an outdoor staining project? Make it faster and easier with Floodwood Care Products. Start today at flood.com slash simplify and use the interactive selection guide to find the right Floodwood Care Products for your project. Flood, simple across the board. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. We are answering your questions at 888 Pit and giving away a great prize to one lucky winner. We've got a set of work clothes from Dickies up for grabs. Now, you're going to get a soft shell light jacket with a hood. It's got interior storm flaps as well as pockets on the inside and out, plus a three-piece hood with an adjustable bungee cord. The winner also gets an ultimate work shirt, which is brand new this year to Dickies. It's made of nylon, which will keep you cooler and drier than cotton. It's also got a UPF 50 protection rating that stands for ultraviolet protection factor. And it's prize pack worth $104. The number again is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Let's get back to it. Leslie, who's next? Stephen in Texas, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? I have two bathrooms side by side. They're divided by one wall. I'm thinking of taking the wall out and combining the two bathrooms. You should approach this project very carefully, Stephen, and here's why. Because the number of bathrooms in a house is has a direct relationship with the value of a house. 
there's a difference between, you know, a, a house with two bathrooms and a house with one bathroom and a house with, you know, one full bath and one half bath. So if you're going to eliminate an entire full bathroom from the house, that will reduce your home value. Now, that might be okay if you're not concerned about that or you just want a bigger, you know, bigger bathroom and you're just kind of willing to, to, to deal with that. But unfortunately, the way homes are valued, and you can check with the local realtor and ask this very same question. I think you're going to get a similar answer. Will your home be worth less if you combine two bathrooms into a single bathroom? And I think the answer is going to be yes. Yeah, but Stephen, I'm all for quality of life. If you want that big bathroom, you should have a big bathroom. There's something I've been you know, kind of dreaming, thinking about for, for quite some time. And, uh, well, then maybe, maybe you should do it. We just don't want you to do it um, without having all the facts. Would I have to bust the slab out in order to relocate drainage pipes? Uh, yes. If you're not going to put the fixtures back in the same place, uh, you will have to break the slab out to get the to get the pipes where you want them. You're going to probably end up extending the you know extending the drain line to like where the old location used to be. So yes, there is going to be some demolition involved in that project as well. Okay. Now, how, what is that going to do to the to the structural integrity of the slab? Oh, it won't. Well, it's obviously going to destroy the slab in that area, but the slab is not load bearing in the in the areas where you're going to be breaking it apart. It's not. It won't have an effect on the foundation because you won't be impacting the exterior walls. You're going to be breaking apart the slab in the thinner sections where it's you know four or five inches thick. Okay. All right. Appreciate it. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Well, if you're thinking about buying new windows this spring, you may be overwhelmed at the choices that are out there. The American Council for an Energy Efficient Economy offers a few recommendations. Now, first of all, you want to consider U-value, which measures a window's ability to insulate. Then consider the amount of solar energy a window transmits, which is called the solar heat gain coefficient, or SHGC. Just remember that the lower the U-value and the SHGC, the more efficient the window. Now you can also order different glazings for windows based on the side of your house that they're going to be installed on. So for example, you can opt to get the lowest U-value windows you can afford on north-facing windows since that's the coldest side of the house. Also look for windows with double panes, low E-coatings, low conductivity gas fill between the panes, and wood, vinyl, or fiberglass frames. Keep those tips in mind and you'll find windows that will work hard to keep you comfortable and safe all year long. 888-666-3974 is the phone number. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question. Daddy in Oregon, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? We have a patio that had some cracks in it. It is exposed aggregate. My husband dug it out and filled in the cracks. Now our question for you is, is there a sealer with some colorant that we could use over the whole area. I, I think what you're asking us for is a concrete stain. Sealers are always clear. So if you've got this crack filled in and you've got some color to that, then what you're going to have to do is stain the concrete to match that, and then you could seal it. But you'd have to stain it. And if you're going to stain concrete, you would use an acid stain. Okay. Is there anything you can recommend? Quickrete makes a great one in couple of good colors, more neutral than anything a little crazy, but it's an easy-to-apply product. You're going to get some great coloration there. And, you know, it's a reputable brand. They know what they're doing, so I would start there. Well, that sounds great, and I, I really love your show. Thank you very much, Dottie. Good luck with that project. Jesse and Virginia's on the line and need some help cleaning some bricks. Tell us what you're working on. Uh, my wife and I are working on re- are working on renovating a 150-year-old house, and uh, we have 
recently learned what the true definition of a money pit is. Um, <laughs> but one of the one of the things that we really want to work on is the exterior brick. Uh, we would like to clean it up. Some of the spaces have some moss on the northern side of it. Um, and just in general, you know, it has 150 years worth of crud on it. Uh, we know that, you know, pressure washing is out of the option just uh, because of of the damage that it would do to the brick. And I wanted to get your all's advice. Uh, is there a better way to clean up the brick? There's a very gentle cleaner called Wet and Forget that was invented by a couple of New, Ze- New Zealand guys, chemists, and they figured out a way to invent a product that activates with, uh, with basically with oxygen and with the sun and kills that algae, kills moss, kills mildew, and, and brightens up those surfaces. It's used a lot in, in Florida and places like that. It's used along, it's used in areas where uh, plant life and, and well, they and, used it on Sydney Opera House, right? In the Sydney Opera House, they used there. They use it in places like that. So I would look into Wet and Forget, and I think that's their website, wetandforget.com. And it's really easy to apply. Basically, you just spray it on and walk away. Now, it doesn't. It's not going to blast the bricks clean, but it works over time. So over the days and weeks ahead you will notice that the algae starts to die and the brick starts to brighten up. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. All right, Jesse. Good luck with that project. Sounds like a fun house. Betty in California needs some help with a toilet question. What can we do for you today? I'm interested in uh, the high-rise toilet, and I'd like the pros and cons and possibly a brand because our plumber's thinking of using Kohler the quick flush and run well water and that's it. Well, there's really no there's really no uh no cons of using a, a comfort height toilet is what that's caused called not a high rise but comfort height. They're a bit higher than a standard toilet. Uh and in terms of brands, one that I can recommend is called American Champion 4. I've got uh, American Champion uh comfort height toilets in in our house and really doesn't matter what age you are. They're just easier to use. And the other benefit is that they use very little water and they don't clog. So I would take a look at the American Standard Champion 4 toilets and just get the accessible size and you'll be good to go. All right, Patty, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Which came first, the flooring or the cabinets? Sounds like that old riddle about the chicken and the egg, but there actually is an order to follow when you're redoing the kitchen. We're going to tell you what that is after this. You live in a body pit. Money Pit is presented by Leviton, the brand most preferred by builders for wiring devices and lighting controls. With a focus on safety, Leviton products are the smart solution for all your electrical needs. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where we make good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And it's your last chance to pin to win. Check out the spring cleaning tips on our Facebook page. Pin them to your Pinterest boards, and you might just win one of three Home Depot gift cards. We've got 500 bucks worth of Home Depot gift cards to get away, and those will help you get started on your spring cleaning projects. The Spring Fling Pin to Win sweepstakes ends at the end of the month, so visit our Facebook page at Facebook 
facebook.com slash the money pit now to enter. And while you're online, you can post a question in our community section. And I have one here from JoLynn in Nebraska who writes, we are installing new kitchen cabinets and porcelain tile flooring. Which goes on first, the flooring or the cabinets? I'm concerned about changing out the tile if it's underneath the cabinets. Okay, so that's a great question. First of all, you certainly don't want to waste all that expensive porcelain tile by running it underneath cabinets. What you would do is you would uh, draw on the floor where the cabinets are going to hit. Remember, you're going to draw where the kickboard of the cabinets are going to hit. So it's not going to be sort of the full 24 inches deep. It might be more like 20 or or 19 inches deep. And you're going to tile up to that area. Now, the next thing is deciding how high the cabinets have to sit. What I would recommend you do is to Uh, use some furring strips to pick up the height of the floor so it's flush with the surface of the tile. Here's why. Because you're going to put a dishwasher under those cabinets, and if you try to get the dishwasher in below that tile edge at the front, you may not be able to get it out. We have seen situations where people came after the fact and tiled uh, right up to the edge of a dishwasher, and the only way to get it out was to completely remove the countertop, which is a major hassle. So keep that in mind. Tile only to the edge of the kickboard, uh, and then pick up the cabin so that it ends up being flush with the tile so that when you put a dishwasher in, it doesn't get stuck under the tile edge. All right, next up, we've got a question here from Peter who writes, I want to install laminate flooring in my kitchen. There's vinyl there now. Do I need to rip that up first? Not necessarily. I mean, laminate floor can go on top of vinyl floor without a problem. But again, the same advice applies with respect to the dishwasher edge. Now, of course, you know, quarter inches of, a quarter inch worth of uh, laminate floor is not as much of a big deal when compared to, say, an inch of, of tile by the time you get done with the backer board and everything. Uh, it's generally better to take the old floor up, but if you can't, there's no reason you can't go right on top of it. And you know what? It'll look pretty nice, and a laminate floor is a good do-it-yourself project. Just take your time. Well, every year, dozens of dangerous products are pulled from store shelves, but getting the word out about those products is the tricky part. You might even very well have some of these recalled products in your home right now, and Leslie has got the info to help you keep track of those recalls in this week's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Well, have you ever half heard a product recall report and realized too late it was actually about something you own? Product recalls, they happen often, and it seems like minor news, but if you actually own something that's affected, it could really make an impact on your family's safety. And that's another story. Now, there's an easy way that you can get the information you missed and keep tabs on other recalls as they happen. Six different federal agencies have gotten together to better protect you, the consumer, by putting recall information on everything from cosmetics to boats on one site, and that's recalls.gov. Along with details on currently recalled products, you can get safety information and sign up for email alerts on other recalls as they actually happen. Visit recalls.gov for information in seven major categories. They're all easily navigated in both Spanish and English. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next time on the program, warmer weather means kids will be out enjoying the local playground or perhaps even the playset in your very own backyard. But keeping those kids safe at play is important. We'll have tips to help you create a safe playground on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a Money Pit.